You're listening to the What's Happening with Stage Lighting podcast with David Henry. He'll be giving you tips, tricks, ideas, news on new gear, and most importantly, help you make great lighting. Welcome to episode 2003 of What's Happening in Stage Lighting. In this episode, David and Crystal will be talking about what you need when looking for a quote for new lighting. What do you need to keep in mind when budgeting for new gear? How do I make that gear last longer? Where should I go when I want a new gear? And what information do you need to provide to get a quote? All right, friends, welcome back to the show. Now, you know it's high tech when the two hosts of the show do a countdown and press record at the same time. That's when you know you're working with professionals. Hey, Crystal, how are you today? Hey, David, I'm good. (laughs) What are we talking about? All right, everybody, today we're going to talk about um, what information you need to present to whoever you're working with when you need to make a purchase. And we're going to go through a couple of different scenarios um, that kind of run the gamut from I need everything to I just need a little bit. Um, And we we run across this all the time um, at Learn Stage Lighting Gear where people, they know they want something, but they're not really sure which questions they need to ask us in order for us to help them get the best uh, outcome. So we're going to kind of go through a few scenarios and talk about what information you can give your uh, your salesperson, your team, your friends who are helping you look um, in order to get the best product to solve your problem. So our first scenario is going to be, um, this happens to us a lot. Let's just say we've got a room, we've got a church and uh, or a community center. And we've got just regular incandescent or like fluorescent lights that that get turned on with a switch. But we want to jazz it up a little bit. We want to start incorporating some stage lights. What information do I need to give you in order to find out, in order for you to make a package for me? Yeah. So ultimately, I mean, there's a couple things that, that, you know, you think about first. The first is like, okay, what are you guys trying to accomplish in the end? Like, like if you guys could accomplish everything you want to accomplish at this point in time, what does that look like? Right. Um, because sometimes a lot of times, right. People send us pictures or or ideas of a space. I was just literally on zoom yesterday with a church like this and they were like, we don't know what we want. And I was like, well, you know, we got to drill down a little bit because, you know, especially in the church world, but anywhere there's like a million different outcomes you could want from lighting. Um, so what do you want? You know, some good examples are like, okay, you know, we want our stage to be really, you know, awesome. We want to be able to have, uh, you know, good white front light, good light so that people look good on camera. But then we also want colored lights and movement and things like that. Um, or maybe you go, Hey, we just want our people to be lit up on stage so we can see them nice and clear. Uh, and so that it looks really great on our camera or our live stream. Um, and then, and so there's stage. And then of course there's house lighting, um, which is the lighting over the audience or the congregation. 
Um, and so do you currently have that? Are you looking to replace that? Um, because there can be a lot of different avenues that, that we can go down there as well. Like this church yesterday, they were like, hey, we don't know how to control this stuff. Like, do we need a full DMX fixture that has color mixing and everything? Do we need a zero to 10 volt architectural style fixture? Or do we just need something with some dimmable bulbs in it uh, for our space? And and that that answer is going to determine uh, kind of which way we we start heading and what we recommend to you when you come to us at, at Learn Stage Lighting Gear. Now you brought up a good point right there, um, cameras. So anytime you're using cameras in a space, and not every venue has a reason to use cameras. But if you are using cameras, that's absolutely a, a very good detail to let us know um, because the cameras pose a little bit of a challenge because our eye is the smartest camera in existence and our eye can balance out everything it's seeing. But a camera needs a little help. And so you want to make sure you get different quality of lights uh, when you're dealing with an on-camera situation. So if you've got cameras in your venue, definitely that's a that's a point you want to bring up right off the bat when you're talking about lights. Now, um, how the room is used, that's really important. You know, uh, different scenarios call for different things. Now, what are some basic, um, I always ask for some basic measurements and maybe a couple of pictures. What are the measurements that people, that that we really need? I don't know. No, <laughs> um, no, no, we do know. Um, and so, you know, obviously for house lighting, house lighting's pretty simple on the measurement end, right? How big is your space that, that the house lights actually need to cover? Um, so that means like, hey, if there's areas like a stage that doesn't need to have house lights over it, then let us know. Um, if the stage isn't included in that space or, you know, a lot of times there might be uh, you know, a stage and then areas kind of to the right and left where there's projector screens or something. Um, and you know, it's, it, uh, those might not really need to be lit or maybe there's some set pieces or something down there. Who knows? Um, and so, um, and so that's always good to know as well. Um, but when it comes to, and so really just, you know, length, width, and height for house lights, boom, you know, that's pretty cut and dry. Uh, when it comes to stage stuff, it, it starts to get a little bit more nuanced. Um, and so if you have existing hanging positions where there are lights or you think you know where you'd want lights to sit in your up in your ceiling, um, then, you know, do let us know because um, we can take a look at that and say, OK, you know, are these at a good angle currently? Are they not? Um, you know, can we reuse this hanging position you already have or not, et cetera? Right. Uh, what else do you look for when, when people are writing in? Um, definitely the video screens is a big thing uh, because that's that's a, a challenge that you have to work around. Um, for me, I always start with just what's your basic width of your stage? What's the depth of the stage? Um, because that can kind of lead us to that happy 35 to 45 degree angle that is kind of standard for front lights. Um, I always ask them if they're going to want backlights. A lot of people don't, backlights aren't in a lot of these spaces right off the bat, if it's not a true theatrical space, uh, but it's a, it's a system that's very helpful 
So I well, always yeah, ask and them about To jump backlights. in there, like backlights make everything look better on camera. And ultimately, you know, while it's helpful to know if you have cameras in your space, um, everybody that walks into your space who's above the age of, you know, 15 has a camera in their pocket. So, so you've got cameras in your space, whether you like it or not. Um, and, and we should at least try to somewhat accommodate for that, if not completely. And then another thing that I just always ask people to include is like step back from your space and take a real nice wide shot picture of the whole space, um, the whole stage area, and then from the front and from the side. Because then when we're talking, I have a visual reference point that I can say, oh, over there by that window or, you know, and when you can see a picture as someone who's not been in the space, a lot of times it can clue you into some other questions that you have to that you should ask. Um, so I always like to include a, a front wide shot and then a side kind of wide shot of the space. Yeah, no, that's actually a great idea because sometimes you might, you know, there might be a challenge or something with your lighting that, that you guys have presented to us, whoever that is on the other end. Um, and the solution might not be in a, you know, there might be a part of the room that we see or something that we see in a wide shot or on the left and right that might be a really great solution that you just hadn't thought of because, you know, like a lot of our customers, um, a lot of you guys don't work with lighting every day like we do. And that's to be expected. That's why we're the lighting experts. And, you know, if we need insurance or whatever, we go to some other expert, right, ourselves. And so, and so you know, you never know what we're going to see in those side photos to go, Hey, wait, that over there, we can use that, or that would be a good spot for this. or that would be a good spot for that, etc. All right. Now here's another scenario. Um, I want to replace some old lights, but I only want to replace a few of them because I only have, you know, a little chunk of money. So, um, I want to replace some of these older ones, but not all of the lights I have. So in that situation, what would what are some of the things that you would maybe ask someone? Awesome. Yeah, no, totally. Um, that's something that, that happens, you know, comes up frequently because especially, you know, schools, theaters, churches even, you know, if you have a larger space and you haven't budgeted over time the CapEx money basically to replace, you know, a whole lighting system, then all of a sudden the the lights that you bought 25 years ago and the dimmers and stuff, they may start failing, right? You know, they may start really showing their age. You might have fixtures burning through sockets like, like crazy, burning through lamps uh, faster than they should. You know, uh, issues with dimmer racks can happen and they really stink because if the brain of your dimmer rack goes out, you might not be able to find a replacement. And then you're, you're like really not in a good place. Um, so it's important. That's why, you know, it's important with any system to, um, do some periodic maintenance, clean stuff out. But, but beyond that, you know, be thinking about replacing it before it's the day when you have to replace it, <laughs> because that's, that's the worst time to think about replacing it. Right. Um, so in terms of saying, okay, you know, we only have so much money at a time. Like, you know, somebody wrote in a friend of mine actually, you know, last month and they were just buying some dimmer packs for something. Uh, and he was like, Hey, we're going to buy two this month and the church is going to buy two next month. <laughs> and that's just how it's going to go, you know? Um, and I get that. Um, when it comes to buying stuff that's led though, you do have to watch out. 
Um, even with the best manufacturers, if you buy, say, half of your rig with an LED front light today, and you go two years down the road and you go buy the other half, even if you buy from the highest-end manufacturer and they're from the same batch of LEDs and all this stuff, which is quite expensive, um, even if you do all that, they're still not going to match because the, the amount of hours on the two are going to be different. And LEDs tend to actually fade over time. Um, that's how they, they come up with this 20,000 hour, 50,000 hour, 100,000 hour rating um, is basically based on how much the LED has lost brightness over time. Um, and so because of this, um, it's really important to buy what we call a whole system at one time. So if you've got some sort of installed venue where the lights are going to be installed in that place, you're switching out conventional, going to LED, then take all of your front wash, okay, and do that at once. Take all your backlight and do that at once. If you can't do it all at like one grand time, right? Uh, you know, take side lights and do it all at once. But what you want to avoid, if you can at best, is buying some fixtures today and buying some more next year. They may match really well, but they also might not. Um, and you're not really going to know till a few years down the line a lot of times. Uh, and so it can be tough. And it's, it's one of those things where LEDs are obviously the way that the industry has gone. And there's a lot of positives to them. But there are some negatives. And one of those negatives is the fact that um, matching is, is kind of a crucial thing where if you buy some today and buy some next year, they may or may not match as, as well as you want. Um, the, the other thing with LEDs is just longevity. Um, and this is key, is an LED fixture is powered by what's called a uh, sine wave power supply or a, a switch mode power supply. That's the right word. Um, and this is what's in all your computers, all your modern gadgets, right? Use switch mode power supplies. Um, you know, the old stuff on the dimmers didn't use these power supplies and, and they have a finite life to them. They don't, if you leave them plugged in 24-7, 365, you will significantly reduce the, li the life of your light. Um, and so that's why when you're going to replace stuff with LED, um, I tell people, I mean, honestly, if it's permanently installed and it's more than like a $200 LED fixture, put it on a relay or some way to switch it off. And, and what a relay is, is just a fancy light switch. Uh, and the reason why we like fancy light switches is because as I was talking to somebody uh, last week, I think, um, you know, you can say, okay, we're going to break her off the lighting rig when we're done at the end of the night. We're going to break her off every week after church. We're going to break her off or have a switch installed to turn stuff off uh, so that when we're not using it, the lights get turned off. Okay. That's great in theory. But then you walk into the place where they did that and the lights have not been turned off in eight years, right? Because it has a human element to it, <laughs> meaning somebody's got to turn it off. Uh, a relay, um, and there are many great DMX relays available. Uh, one of our favorites, there's uh, ETC makes some that are really great. We like the foundry panels a lot for a permanent install. Uh, for something a little more flexible and easy to move around, the uh, elation 
uh, RP2s, Obsidian Control RP2s, are a new model um, that is really great. Um, and these will, one is they're probably going to last a real long time themselves. Um, I bet, you know, 20 plus years. Um, and they're going to protect your lights and make them last that much longer. Because unless your lights are in a place where they run 24-7 or close to it, you should shut them off when they're not running. Um, so I know that was David's rabbit hole, but um, that pretty much answers our question, right? <laughs> yeah. So here's a side question. Often when we make, when we're working on a system for people, the first thing that they want to cut when we're a little bit over is those relays. Let's say, because they see it as something that it's it's not primary, you like know, it doesn't they do, do anything for they do them. Yeah. Right, right. So yeah, it's not a primary concern. Like, okay, we'll switch it off. Okay, so if you're going to come back and add your relays later, is that something, does it really matter? Is it within the first year? Like when should that be made a priority if you, if you say cut the relays off because it's going to save me a thousand dollars and we'll come back and get them later. Cause that happens a lot when I'm doing systems that that's the first thing that they want to cut. And because it's not integral to making everything work, although it is smart, it usually ends up on the chopping block and they say, I'll come back and get it later. How later what's ASAP next year, two years. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, I get a couple thoughts. My, my initial snarky comment is that, um, if you don't get them when you initially do the install, you're honestly not going to get them. Like probably not. Um, because it's kind of like, oh, what's a good, you know, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's like preventative maintenance on your car or something, right? Where like, you know, there might be some part, some sensor or something that it's like, well, it, you know, it needs to be replaced. You know, it puts on your check engine light or the mechanic told you it needs to be replaced. And, and you're in a state like Tennessee now where you don't have to get a yearly inspection anymore. And so, you know, the car runs mostly fine, but you're putting more wear and tear on it every day that you use it. Um, and that's ultimately what you're doing. Uh, one of the things that is difficult to measure because it involves a multi-thousand dollar um, electrical meter is uh, basically what we would call like dirty power or harmonics on your power line. Um, this is something that um, switch mode power supplies create and, and, and cause um, as, as everybody's gotten them in their homes, businesses, everything. And they're, they're in the power lines. Some places, depending on where they sit in the power line, how the how clean the supply of power is and some other factors, uh, y you know, their power is dirtier than other places. Uh, and it can be hard to tell sometimes. Um, but there are places like a, a good friend of mine um, told me years ago, you know, there was a church where they sold, you know, they, they bought like 10 new Alation movers with this install they were doing. And they opted to not get the relays and in that instance, they found out as they went down the road that, that, that they had pretty bad power at the building. And there wasn't a thing they could really do about it. Um, and the fixtures were dead in three years because, and they had to go back to Alation and get their power supplies replaced. Um, and, you know, that's not under warranty by any means because that's, that's a, you know, bad power. But 
Um, the point is, if they had gotten the relays, they they wouldn't have had to do that because um, this is you know this was a typical church where it's like okay, you got Sunday morning, maybe they're on for eight hours on a Sunday, and then there's another day or two a week where they're on four hours or something on a, on an average week. Um, and instead of you know using a relay and literally running them sixteen or twenty four hours in a week, you now run them for one hundred and sixty eight. Um, and so, uh, you know, lightning strikes as well. Um, relays do help protect against those. And so, uh, you know, brownouts and little power surges, um, you know, if the fixture's not on and it's the relay does protect it in those instances, whereas if it was powered on, the relay would not. Um, and so that's where I would say um, get rid of a single fixture or two fixtures out of your, your deal long before you get rid of the relay. Okay, just do it because ultimately I think if anything's permanently installed, you know, most of the manufacturers now include this in their instruction manuals that if it's permanently installed, you should have a way to switch it off when you're not using it um, because it's just it's just the nature of the beast with LEDs, um, unfortunately. You know, it's, 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 you can't have, I mean, you can't have a new technology that has no drawbacks, right? Like, we love LEDs because they're cool, because they last a long time. We don't have to change the lamps. They're lower wattage, generally. They often have color mixing, uh, whereas the conventionals didn't. Like, there's there's so many good things about them. Um, but that is definitely the dark side. <laughs> and then we got to talk about consoles. Um, so if you have, like, a bunch of conventional lights, and you're moving to, like, LEDs and moving lights, is your current control situation the best thing for what you're moving to in the future? That's another great question. It might be. It might not be. Right. Yeah, it's the days of one fader equals one light is gone the wayside. So uh, control is definitely something that if you're upgrading your system, you, you definitely have to look at that as well. Um, so here's our here's another scenario. And this this happens quite frequently, um, often with uh, educators or um, people who have kind of been put in charge of the performance space. Uh, you know, the finance people come and say, you have X number of dollars to spend, go spend it or you're going to lose it. And everyone who's ever been in charge of a budget knows that you better spend all that money or else next year you may not get as much. So you start trying to scramble to find ways to spend money. So here's our scenario. I want to add lights, but I'm not sure what I want or where I want to add them. I just have money to spend. Please help me. For sure. Yeah. Cause you know, the thing is like, like, like you said, it's, there's, there's two kind of bads in the world of business budgeting, right? Where, you know, you have a, a typical business style budget, whether it be a church or an actual business or a nonprofit or whatever, where, you know, there's a certain amount of money, right? You have to spend that year. And if you don't spend it, you know, especially not as much with smaller organizations sometimes, but it's definitely medium to large organizations. It's like, if you don't spend that, it goes away. Um, and so you want to always make the best use of your budget. So there's two bads, right? The one bad is not spending it and losing it. If it's something that, you know, two years down the line, you need that money, right? Um, it's like, if you don't spend it this year and then you lose it, and then in two years, you really, really need it. Then, you know, you put yourself in a hard spot, uh, in your organization. But then the other bad is if you just go buy something on a whim that either some random professional lighting designer said, this is the best light ever, everyone needs it. Um, if anyone ever says that, by the way, um, 
do not trust them because you'll notice we never say that on our, our site. Um, we never say, hey, this is the best light for all churches or anything like that. There's other people online that do stuff like that. And that's just never true. Um, there's never, there's so many options there. I mean, we have like over 2000 SKUs on LearnStageLightingGear.com. Um, there's no single light that's best for everyone. So get off that rabbit trail, David. <laughs> um, but seriously, so how do you make the most out of what you got? Um, you know, uh, one of the best ways is to come to somebody like us, send us pictures of your space and say, hey, we've got this budget. We know that we've got these big parts of our system that might be aging, but we're kind of wondering what your opinion might be as the best way to make the space look good. Um, you know, but definitely the things I would stay away from are are just spending it on a whim and just buying something that um, you're not sure if it's the right thing. Uh, because if you're just like, oh, yeah, we heard these lights are really great, then you're going to end up with something that's really a bad fit for your space a lot of the time. Um, and then you just threw money down the drain, which is no fun. Um and, uh, but definitely, you know, getting in contact with somebody who's going to give you an honest opinion. Um, that brings up another thing that we absolutely hate in gear sales, which is, uh, when you ask the opinion of someone who's only a dealer for one or two companies, um, because then the answer is always within the bounds of those companies. Whereas we're dealers for a whole bunch of companies. And so we're always looking at it saying, okay, what's the best fit for this person? And we're also, as we say publicly all the time, in it for the long haul. So often people come to us with an idea of a light they want. We recommend something less expensive. And if we had gone with the more expensive option that they initially brought, we would have made more money. Um, but we're in it for the long term here. So, so we're going to say, hey, this is the best thing for you. Um, and that's our opinion, even though it costs less um, and therefore is going to make us less. It sounds like we're shooting ourselves in the foot, but we're, it's, we're in it for the long haul. And the worst thing you can do is get on Amazon and just start searching. Um, definitely, you know, use the resources, use us and use other resources that you have. Um, time and time again, I've seen, as David mentioned, people who've made purchases because the pictures looked real cool or they had a neat video and uh, it was cheap. And then they regret that uh, purchase once they get up and actually start using the equipment. Um, and it doesn't have to be big items either. You know, you can use, uh, some of the budget money for things like expendables and small things, you know, even like gloves for all the students, or, you know, there's a lot of ways you can go that doesn't have to be big gear. Um, but definitely, you know, reaching out to people and, uh, you know, doing the research instead of panic buying on Amazon is a great, a great way to go. Yeah, no, absolutely. And before we get there quick, Amazon, as much as I give them a lot of my money, and, and th they're a lovely place. Um, but with the way that margins are in this industry and for how much Amazon basically costs for stuff to be on, you'll notice that most of the major brands on stage lighting are mostly gone from Amazon now. 
Um, the, the people that are good are not there because ultimately Amazon takes a huge cut. Um, and, and so, and the margins for a lot of the manufacturers in this industry are not high. Um, and so like I've watched videos and stuff on YouTube about people that are, you know, specializing in like fulfillment by Amazon and, and selling things on Amazon and, you know, the margins that they have to have to make a profit are higher than what the stage lighting companies offer. And it's not, bad it just i mean really it's good because you know that means there's not as much markup in there to you the consumer um to, to have to pay uh, but the downside is like you'll notice if you go look for you know adj chavez elation there's some fixtures on amazon a lot of them are sold from the manufacturers directly because they have the manufacturer markup as well as the dealer markup that we have um but you'll notice that you know there's not a lot going on with the major manufacturers and it's been taken over by a lot of uh, less quality, less consistent brands, shall we say. <laughs> and let's just plug the um, support resource. Uh, it's gold being able to have support for anything that you buy here in the U S and so you know, that's a really good uh, addition if you're looking at things. If you can get U.S. support, that's just uh, an insurance policy of sorts. And it kind of lets you know, uh, it's kind of a little flag that that product is probably going to stick around because the investment that needs to be made in order to offer U.S. support means that that they're trying to stick around. Some businesses still fail and they go away. But if you're investing in having a U.S. support structure, repairs, replacements, someone to talk to, it means that you're you're not a fly-by-night company. You're really trying to make it and stay and stick around. So that's a little flag to look for if you can't find U.S.-based support. may not be a quality brand. Yeah, yeah, totally. Let's talk about, and you made a YouTube video about this topic a while back, but it's a good thing to kind of mix in with this, uh, the real cost of buying gear. And that's all the things, all the little things that aren't included when you buy a piece of gear. So let's talk about some of those items and, you know, how people need to kind of leave a little bit in their budget for these, these items. Yeah, totally. So when, when you buy, let's say a light, because a light definitely has more accessories than a console, but we'll, we'll talk about consoles in a second. Why not? Um, so you buy a light. Okay. Where, where are you putting that light? Right. That's the first question. Um, so you got to plug it into DMX. You know, that's one thing. Do you have DMX cable? Like uh, a lot of this conversation is if someone's replacing fixtures one for one, you know, they have an old moving light and they're replacing it with a newer moving light and they're not going to use the old moving light anymore. Well, in that case, if it had DMX plugged into it and it's the same connector and all that jazz, then, you know, you might be good to go. But if you're adding lights or this is your first time getting lights or you're buying additional lights, then, okay, you need a DMX cable to plug it in. Okay. Does the DMX cable come with the light when you buy it? Not typically. Now, Certain friends like uh, Gamma LED Vision and Volox, they give you a cable with the light, usually a three or six footer, nothing fancy, but hey, it's included, okay? Next, uh, again, where are you gonna put this? So is it hanging? If it's hanging, does it need a clamp? How many clamps, right? Because um, when it comes to, you know, a clamp suitable 
for moving lights of a, of a decent size, you know, say a 30 pound moving light. Okay. That's no longer like a $7 clamp, like a par or something. Yeah. You could put, you know, small par, we got, you know, various clamp options around that seven to $10 range for, for smaller fixtures that can work well. Uh, but if you're in a place where you move stuff a lot or not, uh, or you're just using larger lights, then a clamp at a minimum is going to be like, I think are the, the mega, the light source, um, the mega, the regular C clamps. Um, I think they're like $15 nowadays. Yeah, they're still $15. Um, the mega clamp from the light source. And of course we're dealers at learning stage lighting gear. Um, but then for bigger fixtures, if you want, you know, nicer clamps that are easier to use, you're talking, you know, 30 to 40 plus dollars for a quality clamp. Uh, and if the fixture takes two of them, you know, that's a significant expense if you didn't think about it, right? If you had your budget of $10,000, let's say, and you go buy five fixtures that are 1950 <laughs> And then you realize you need DMX cables, and so maybe they're, you know, $15 a piece, right? F times, but times five or times whatever my math was, right? And then clamps, you've got to get 10 clamps at $40 each, right? Um, and then safety cables, um, you need to use a safety cable uh, for any light that hangs. Um, it's, it's just a safety precaution, it's very industry standard. Um, and, you know, at the very cheapest, I mean, they're like five bucks, I think. Um, the Chauvet safety cables, I think, are the, the cheapest one we sell, and they're fine. Um, and they're, you know, they're 398 But again, you know, you add all this stuff up, um, and it starts to add up to like 100 bucks sometimes, a lot of times, right? Um, and then, uh, did I forget anything besides the relay? You want to turn power off to it when it's not in use if it's permanently installed. If it's portable, um, then relays aren't going to apply to you. Um, but just that's kind of the stuff to keep in mind. Um, and, and look and check when you're buying fixtures, does fixture A come with this stuff? Does fixture B not, right? Because some fixtures uh, from different brands, like, you know, like I was saying that Gamma and Volox are the ones with the free cables, um, and they are. Um, but, like, I have an Alation fuse spot over there. And you do get a safety cable with that guy. Um, and so, like with Volox, you get a safety and the DMX cable. And so oh, nice. it seems small, but, you know, it adds up when you're buying more fixtures. And it's something to be aware of. Did I forget anything? Those are definitely the basics. Safety, power, data. Um, you know, if you're putting a light on the floor, trunnions oh. or, you know, different foot accessories. In terms of power, though, yeah, if it's if it has power linking either through a regular blue and gray power con or a true one, uh, it can be very convenient to power link them, but those cables are not going to be included out of the box. And specifically, if it's a true one, those cables are fairly pricey. Um, they're worth it, but they're not cheap. And now you can get cables that combine power and data into one sort of loom. And those are even more expensive so that you just run one nice cable instead of running two separate ones. It's a small detail, but if it's really visible or if that's easier for you uh, because you're taking cables off and on every day, then definitely something to consider. Um, and there's a lot of different other things, you know, uh, cases, if you're going to be taking lights down and storing them, um, 
you know, different bags and things like that. Especially uh, if your fixtures, so. yeah, if your fixtures are traveling in a trailer, truck, van, car, whatever, like they will get damaged if you don't case them up in something over time. And then you're going to be mad at yourself. Yeah. Um, and anyone looking for cases, uh, we have several big lighting road cases on our website, but we also can now make custom cases for smaller items, Pelican style things. So if you have a little console or, um, I know I was talking to someone that has a DJ console with a wolf mix and, uh, you know, that little, he wants a case for his little wolf mix console and, um, you know. Uh, anyone who's OCD like me uh, and loves cases and loves organization. <laughs> oh my organization, goodness, we love cases. Uh, we we can we can pretty much caseify anything now. So uh, if you're looking for a case, let us know what item you need to caseify. We can help you with that. Caseify um, and <laughs> yeah, caseify made it work. And you know, uh, really, accessories are like a whole nother world. There's so many great things to change the features of a light change the shape of the light there's different all kinds of things i really think that you should do a youtube video about accessories and all the crazy things like that city theatrical makes and the light source and all these crazy accessories it's like a whole new world um so you might find that there's something that you didn't think about when you bought your light that could make it easier for you um, as you go through whatever show or process you're in um, there's lots of stuff out there. So, uh, but yeah, those are the basic extra costs that come with purchasing new gear for sure. Um, and we hope that this conversation has been helpful for anyone who's sort of trying to figure out what information might be useful to give when you're trying to start a purchase. Um, and, uh, definitely if you are looking to make a purchase, come see us at Learn Stage Lighting Gear. Um, and always check out the YouTube page and the other resources that we have. But that's all I really wanted to cover today. Awesome. Do you have yeah. anything else? No, I think we got it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, um, it's worth having somebody looking over your shoulder, helping you figure out exactly what you need. And what we do is uh, not only do we help you find out what you need, but we quote it out to you um, and make sure you get that personalized price, as we call it. And uh, we thank you guys for listening. See you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the What's Happening in Stage Lighting podcast. If you're interested in purchasing any gear, please visit our Stage Lighting store at learnstagelightinggear.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please listen to our other episodes on Apple, Spotify, or Google podcast platforms. Don't forget to grab our free beginner's guide to stage lighting on learnstagelighting.com. Learn Stage Lighting, helping you create great lighting.